So as a brief intro, I'm a writer focused on innovation in the music industry, and I do a mix of freelance writing for publications like Billboard, NPR, Forbes, and Music Business Worldwide. And I also run my own newsletter about music and tech called Water and Music, which comes out um, every one to two weeks. And in terms of what motivated me to make this specific directory of virtual events and tools to, that people can use to help host those events, um, I had just noticed that there was not only such a sh sorry such a surge in activity and surge in interest around live streaming um, as tours around the world were getting postponed or canceled. Um, so not only just an interest in the technology, but also not that much being written about just the sheer diversity of models that are available. Um, and so a lot of artists understandably have been gravitating towards platforms that they're already familiar with and where their fans already are, which I think in general is a good thing, like um, like Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and increasingly Twitch. Um, but there's a lot of conversation around like the business models around live streaming. And it is possible to, um, as an example, host a live stream behind a paywall if you still want to charge people for traditional tickets. Um, there are a lot of platforms around the world um, available online for that any artist, any event organizer can use to host paid virtual events. And I think it's only in recent weeks that there's been more awareness of that opportunity, I guess because people were focused on normal brick and mortar touring otherwise. So I just wanted to yeah, just compile all the tools that I'd found online, um, covering that wider span of potential business models of potential experiences, like not just live streams, but if you want to host uh, like virtual meet and greets with your fans. Um, a lot of those are also um, getting canceled. There are ways to do that online too. So in terms of just pure content and what you're seeing out there and what, what artists are doing, are there any trends that you think are like successful um, that are working, whether it's the time of day, um, how people are promoting the formats, the cadence, like what's, what's, kind, of, what's kind of working in this space right now? Yeah, um, I think the answer to that question might depend on what your goals are with live streaming. So um, if we start with the most extreme case of people who are looking to take live streaming seriously long term and like actually build a long term audience and business around it, as opposed to just having it be a temporary, um, I guess, like yeah, a, tempor a temporary stand in for in-person shows, then um in, in, in order to be successful in that lane and then to compete with all the other people, not just in music, but also in gaming um, and other forms of entertainment that are um, making money, making a full-time income off of streaming, um, that requires a much higher frequency. And so there are a handful of artists around the world, um, Emma McGann being one of the most, I guess, uh, best-known ones. She uses a live streaming platform called YouNow, and she streams, like, close to every day. And... Um, like close to every day for a few hours every day. And it's not just playing, you know, music from start to finish. That would be exhausting, I, I think, for, for any artist. It's a mix of um, performing a song or two and then just answering fans' questions in the chat, kind of like a live Q&A. And so the, the ratio, interestingly, of what would happen in a live show where it's mostly musical performance with some banter and some conversation in between songs, that is totally flipped. Um, by, by nature of live streaming, by nature of the experience that these platforms provide in terms of 
just in terms of the connection between the streamer and the audience being a lot more intimate, it's a lot more time, at least in the streams that I've seen um, from musicians and from other creators. Um, it's yeah, it's a lot more time uh, doing more more conversational, more informal stuff on the stream rather than just staging a musical performance like like you would do in person. Um, so yeah, th those are two really important things. If you're if you're trying to really engage with this long term, especially, is the frequency. Um, it's just like like uh, best practices for YouTube as well. Like if you're trying to build a following on YouTube, highly recommended that you're posting. It doesn't have to be every day even just like once a week and building that habit both for yourself and for your followers to go to your stream. Um, so regularity is very important. And then also just being aware that there really is no stage. That's kind of how I think about it. There's no hierarchy between the artist and the audience. Everyone is just in the screen. Um, and yeah, it's just everything is happening virtually. Um, yeah, within just a handful of screens, everyone's also in the same chat room. And so really being mindful of and taking advantage of the, the intimacy and the openness that comes along with that, as opposed to um, just being more detached and just playing a set from start to finish, like like you might do at a typical venue. I think that's really interesting in kind of utilizing those channels for that so that the, the physical, you know, the energy or whatever, you know, comes with the um, in-person show is still, there's a way to replicate that in like a different way. Yeah, absolutely. So that's really cool. So I guess that's that's really good to know, like for somebody who wants to get serious about it. So what would your advice be for a creator who's never done it before, who's like, has their, you know, maybe they're going on their first tour and had some gigs canceled and they're looking. Um, and I know that you say this in your guide as well, like it does not replace live touring. Like it, it, can't, it just cannot. But what... Um, what would be like the platforms to start on or like you're maybe you're like like you said you give two examples of like really successful live streams now like what would be the few things that a creator should be thinking about should be doing um when they're first maybe launching into this this new this new platform yeah um yeah all really good questions i i think uh two things to think about are um the so I guess one, uh, what, whether you um, want to or have a goal of making money from these live streams, yeah, even if it won't make up for the money you would have made um, in the short term from an in-person tour, are you planning to make money of it? So are you planning to make money from your streams? Because that will certainly impact um, which platform you should choose. Uh, as an example, a, a ton of artists have been using Instagram Live for, for years now, but there's no way to monetize that. Um, all the live streams happen completely for free. Um, Facebook, to my understanding, is also, um, you can't monetize live streams. It's all for free. Um, with Twitch and with YouNow, um, you have the option of hosting a stream for free, but then fans can uh, essentially buy virtual currencies uh, within those respective platforms and then gift those currencies to the artist or to the streamer. And so it's, it's almost like a freemium model where any, where everyone can view, but if people do want to contribute, um, they, they can. And then, um, yeah, and we have a, uh, we actually have a partnership with Twitch right now where, um, pro unlimited, um, premiere and, uh, repost members are able to get fast track to affiliate status so that they mm -hmm. can monetize their streams. So yeah, I think that's yeah. that's a good option that we've been promoting. 
Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, that's really great. Yeah, and I think across the board, Twitch has been trying to fast track um, that process such that artists can start making money um, much more immediately. So uh, yeah, so there are those models. And then kind of on the furthest end, as I mentioned briefly before, there are some platforms like um, Stage It is growing more popular. There's another one called Moment House. Um, those are open like self-serve platforms that allow you to ticket your live streams um, and limit, I guess, the audience to your live streams as well. So like a lot of um, the artists who perform more frequently on there will often cap viewership at like 50 to 100 people, just as an example. So that's like one th thing to think about, like what, um, if you do want to make money, how exactly do you want to do that? Um, wh what reach do you want? Like, do you, do you care about audience reach? In which case you may want to go to um, one of the platforms that um, is not monetizable or is uh, able to, um, or that, that, that lets you live stream for free because that might be where your fans already are. Um, so yeah, so that's more on like the business model and the marketing slash reach side. Um, in terms of the content, something that I, I only recently realized is that, um, yeah, so say, I, I would say actually regardless of what career stage you're at as an artist, um, the what you actually do on tour um, in terms of the content of the show, th th there is a, a common through line and that usually the artist is just playing the same show over and over again in different cities. Um, and like they, they, they might change the set list um, by like, you know, a couple of songs uh, depending on what audience they're looking for in, in each city. But for the most part, especially if you're touring in connection to a new album or EP release, you're basically playing the same set of songs at every show. Um, I don't really see that working in a live streaming environment because from the get-go, you can reach an instantly global audience um, and then just play your set for that instantly global audience and then that's it. Um, so if you're looking to live stream more frequently, especially, that's uh, something really important to consider is how do you keep the material of your live streams fresh? Um, I, I've heard some people describe it almost as thinking episodically. And I, I have noticed this among the artists and producers who are live streaming a lot more nowadays, like especially on Twitch. Um, it is thinking episodically. It's almost like, uh, yeah, like putting together like a show that may as well be, may as well be on Netflix. Like how do you keep people, um, how do you keep the content fresh and how do you keep people excited enough to want to tune back into your next stream? Um, you know, like that, the, 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 the next time you tune in. Um, and it's just, it's a very different way of thinking about um, a live music experience from what you um, might typically be doing in person. And yeah, I, I can see there being a learning curve for some artists in that regard, but um, especially for, yeah, it, it, especially if you want to be doing this long-term, that's just, that's just something to, to plan out. I think it wouldn't hurt to um, even just like make a plan for yourself of, um, okay, what, what am I going to be doing my stream next week that isn't just repeating the same thing that, that I did the, 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 the week before. Yeah, that's really interesting. I do see, I think I, I see a lot of, uh, artists covering other artists, you know, in tributes. Mm. Um, and then I think there's also the opportunity to, you know, crowdsource, um, you know, give, give your, if, if it's on social, if it's on Instagram and you're asking your Instagram followers what they want to hear, and then, you know, being very um, agile in that way. Totally. Um, so as of recording this just yesterday, I was actually invited to um, take part in Charlie XCX's Zoom call. Um, she's been doing something really interesting where wow. 
she's yeah so she's making um an album in real time um just from her home and i think is hosting weekly zoom calls that are essentially um like a twist on the typical press conference that an artist might hold um but to me so to me this is actually a really great demonstration of the equalizing power of live streams and so um so so she held the zoom call for um up to a thousand fans like the first a thousand fans who um, clicked on the Zoom link to go in, but it was also broadcast live on YouTube. Um, and she invited um, as panelists, quote unquote panelists, a mix of um, celebrity friends. So Maisie Williams was there. Rebecca Black was also there. Um, like a couple other, uh, I guess, like celebrity famous friends, like from the entertainment world, but then also a handful of journalists um, like myself. Um, there was a journalist from ID Mag who was also there. And then, um, like hand selected super fans, but guess asked to be part of the stream. And so all, all of those people got to ask Charlie, um, got to like chat with her very briefly and then just ask her one question, um, about the album. And so I asked her a question about, uh, just like what it, what it's like to, um, put together an album 100% remotely. Cause she's just going to be doing this from home, um, or in quarantine. Um, and she also, at the beginning of the call gave an update to all the fans who were watching on um, what, how she was thinking about approaching album artwork, like what she thought the aesthetic would be, um, which kinds of artists she's like looking to reach out to. So um, yeah, I, th I thought it was like super interesting. Um, I'm glad that an artist of her stature is opening up her process in this way. And um, also like bringing a lot more people in, um, in, in, a, in a much more interesting and deeper way than just like posting on Instagram which I feel like a lot of artists at that level might otherwise do. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that's a model that um, can inspire a lot of this kind of similar initiatives from other artists too. Yeah, that's really, that's really cool. I mean, she's able, you're able to fit a lot more people around like the round table of the discussion mm -hmm. when it's mm -hmm. a zoom call than like in a conference room um, or even in it's, and it's more, it's like in the middle ground, right? Because it's the, it's, you're having to pay attention in the moment. Whereas Instagram, I think people are oftentimes doing other things. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really, really creative use. And I'm excited to see what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same here. Um, okay, cool. Well, I have, I just have one more question. Um, and it's kind of loaded, but you know, feel free to <laughs> give a quick answer, but how do you, I just feel like there's, I mean, the world is changing, right? Like this, everything, um, the way that we work, the way that we communicate. Um, how do you think the current climate is changing the future of live performances, if you think it is? Um, mm. How do you think it'll evolve, I guess, as a, as, as a result of this? Or do you think we're just going to go back to normal? Like what's, what is your you know, professional opinion on, on the, the state of the future? Yeah, um, this is so difficult to predict because so many things are changing. I, I feel like by the day, uh, let alone by the week or month. Um, but I, um, yeah, I, I do think a couple things will happen long-term. Um, okay. In, in general, I don't think things will go back to, um, I guess, whatever normal is. <laughs> I, I think people are just so, yeah, have been so significantly impacted and just shocked by um, all the changes in the music industry and in the world, um, such that it's like really hard to just like revert back to um, the previous state, like commercially or, or psychologically as well. Um, I think, 
I, um, so some people have probably just for sake of controversy thrown out the possibility that like live shows won't be as important anymore. I, I, I don't think that's true at all. Um, I think we'll definitely still be going out to live shows. Um, we're still like be, be craving that energy and that experience with our favorite artists. Um, I do think there'll be a lot more caution around um, particularly large events though. Um, so I, I'm not as sure about, I, I'm actually pretty confident in, I, I guess like smaller clubs and even just like mid-sized venues. Like I, I think those um, will continue to be popular, um, continue to draw really like large audiences over time. Um, but with things like Coachella um, and I, so I, I personally have been to a lot of industry facing conferences like South by Southwest um, music biz, which um, is in Nashville and got postponed um, Medem, which uh, got canceled. It was supposed to be in, in Cannes this June in, in France. Um, I feel like they, th there will either, I, I guess I see two potential paths that are not mutually exclusive. Um, one, people might be more like hesitant to go to those kinds of large scale events in general, just because of this lingering fear around, um, like the health implications or there'll just be a lot more scrutiny of, I guess, the steps that those event organizers are taking, um, to, uh, yeah, to ensure the health of everyone who shows up. And then, um, so that's one potential path. The second path is them taking virtual experiences more seriously. So ju just within the past couple of weeks alone, I've um, either had the pleasure of speaking on or have seen so many different um, like virtual music industry panels or music conferences that got canceled hosting virtual versions of their programming, um, much of which was, was available for free. Um, this is an ongoing initiative, but one of my favorite examples of this is something that um, Troy Carter and his team at Q&A are putting together. Um, they have a series of, um, I guess, industry roundtable discussions under the term under the name the the panel um and have invited a ton of really great artists um and executives from across the music industry to take part in that um that that kind of conversation normally is not accessible to other people in the industry uh let alone to um to fans or to everyday people or like these same executives will not have the time to organize that or take part in that so um and i i, I yeah I, I have a hard time believing that um people would want less of that in the future. I think it's a really exciting time for um, education, for sharing knowledge and information um, in that way. And so I hope wh whether it's executives or um, these conferences that, that they take the virtual experience just as seriously as the in-person experience, also just for the sake of accessibility and reach um, and how many people that their programming is able to reach beyond just the confines of um, like a hotel, um, like a hotel conference center or something. Um, so m maybe that's more of a personal wish of mine rather than like a more objective prediction. But th 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 there's just so much great like knowledge and information sharing going on that th that to go back to something that's much more closed and much more exclusive, um, it, it may not be as ideal um, either, at least on the audience side. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, or inconvenient, you know, even for these speakers yeah. who are, you know, high level executives, oftentimes, like with many, you know, roles and jobs and commitments and hopping on a plane to go to LA to speak at one conference, and then, you know, going back to New York or, or whatever their schedule is, like when, I think a lot of people are realizing that as we're able to have these, 
and reach more people, you know, and like the openness and accessibility that you're talking about. So I hope both of your predictions are correct. I hope that live music does not go away because that would be Mm -hmm. a shame. Um, And I don't think it will either. I agree. Um, But yeah, I think that it's, yeah, I think people are like, wow, like maybe, maybe things were being made more difficult or more like elite or exclusive than they needed to be. Or, you know, like I think there is, there is definitely some openness coming from all of this. So I think those are really, really good. Um, Is there anything else that you'd add? Any like points that we didn't hit on um, that you think is really important as we, Um, you know, this new era of virtual streaming? Yeah. um, I think what one theme that I've been thinking a lot about in um, this climate more around live streaming specifically, but just in general, is the importance of um, community building on, on both sides. So, I mean, everyday people, um, so, so many people are just, you know, stuck at home. A lot of people are the only people stuck at and where they're staying. And so um, there's like a loneliness that comes with that sense of isolation and of not going outside. And so p- people are looking for that sense of community. Um, and then on the opposite side, so w- with live streaming, for instance, um, what I've noticed is that a lot of artists are live streaming, um, maybe to people who had never been to their show before, maybe to people who had just discovered them and found them online. Um, but they're making it, uh, not, not making it difficult, but they're not taking like the extra step to, um, tell audiences how they could follow up. Like something, something even as simple as, um, I have an email newsletter where you can find out about my next stream. Um, here's a link where you can sign up. Um, mm. something, and th- there's like very little, um, effort to do that. Th- th- there is some effort to, uh, of course, you know, to post donation links, um, direct to artists on Venmo or PayPal, or just to go directly to social media. But, um, now, now I think is, uh, a particularly important time to also take that step or offer the opportunity for like a deeper, um, level of community engagement. Um, it's something like an email newsletter, I I think is much better than just like posting your Instagram handle. Um, I guess unless you're looking to prioritize just surface level reach, in which case Instagram is better, but email, um, you basically guarantee that it goes directly into the inboxes of, of whoever signs up. So, so, so it's much more direct. Um, it's much more lean in and proactive rather than casual as a lot of, um, social media engagement is. Um, and so I, I would like to see more of that, um, in, the like live streaming music ecosystem. Or I think that that is something to keep in mind. If not an email newsletter, if you have some other kind of like deeper community where um, you can stay in touch with fans more effectively, where fans can meet each other and stay in touch with each other. um, I think now is particularly like powerful time to do that as opposed to just directing them to other social platforms. That's a great, I think that's a great note to end on. Yeah, it's almost like capitalizing on this reach that they have right now and making sure that it's not fleeting and it doesn't go away. Yeah, Um, exactly. And I think now is the time artists will have time to, or more time on their hands to maybe set up an email list or start those communities. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's a really, really good point. Um, Well, thank you so much for, for speaking with me. 